Welcome back to part two of the Dodgy Knee Excuse podcast. Josh Bemkenwad and Louis Silvani joined today by Osei Sankofa and Lloyd Sam. So Lloyd, obviously your career kind of went in a little bit of a different direction to Osei's. Can you give us a little bit of a, an idea about how it went from maybe like the age of 21 onwards at Charlton and moving forward? I'll give you a quick version. So I came through, uh, made my debut. I think my, my real big moment was when I made my first full debut, first game I started against Blackburn and got man of the match in that game. And I was like, this isn't that hard. That's all I was thinking. <laughs> Seriously. That's like, what Pennant said, wasn't it? When he, he went out the night before yeah. his debut, he, he got a call in the morning saying he's in the Arsenal squad yeah. and he scored a hat-trick against Southampton. And he mm. was like, that's not that hard. <laughs> I was like, this isn't that hard. And I still maintain, I don't think it was that hard. Like, But after that game, the next game we had a rude awakening. We went Tottenham, quite hard lane. The manager, Les Reed at the time, had come and told me he wants me to be playing basically every game. How old are you at this point? I was like 21 and I couldn't believe what I was hearing from him. I was still at the club this time. Yeah, you were still I there. was playing. I didn't play that game. Yeah, but I, was so in... I, I had in my contract, play, start 10 games and basically I was about to be a rich guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was already doing well, but this was the there, next yeah. level. And I remember like, Les Reed, so after that game, then we went to Tottenham. And then there was a rude awakening, White Hart Lane. We lost like 5-1. Berbatov was doing stupid things, I remember. And like, he, he messed us up. So I played maybe like six, seven games. And then I got an injury, which was the worst thing that could have happened. And I was like, it's all right. Les Reed is going to be there when I come back. I was going to ask me. you that. He got sacked <laughs> after two months. Yeah. It, was, a, you it, came it was a nightmare for both of us because <laughs> I, I didn't play that game. Yeah. But I was in the team as well. Yeah, yeah. And Les Reed had picked me as an under fifteen for England. So Les Reed was about promoting that youth. He would have played us. He would have found the right man. He would have found the way. He would have found the way to play us. He would have found the way. So then it, it kinda went on. Anyway, Padre came in, he played me a couple games. I didn't make my ten games before the end of the season though. So uh You weren't a rich man. Weren't a rich <laughs> Not man. that anyway. I had signed a four year deal though on decent very good money in the, you know what I'm saying, but not right up there. So we went down to the championship. Pardew's the manager. I played a lot of the season in the championship. Was there two years. We didn't go straight back up, which we were meant to. That kind of knocked us. Uh, so we lost a lot of good players. So we stayed in the championship two years. I believe we got relegated the second year. Yeah. So now it's hard times. Um, got relegated, went down to League One. Now I'm in League One. But I'm still on the good money of the contract mm. I signed. So I was like, this is all right. Um, League One season, meant to go back up, lost in the playoffs. That time I was at Charlton was, again, another hard period in my career. The fans, uh, at this point, they were not happy with the club and the players because we've gone from the Prem all the way to League One in like three years. So that was a hard environment, tough environment to play in. I feel like I can play in any environment now. Uh, after Charlton signed for Leeds went there for two years that championship Leeds championship what a great time like when I signed there it was it was a great time in my life because I wasn't sure where I was going from Charlton and then I've gone up to the championship a huge club I remember I had you on my FIFA yeah. I swear I had you because I used to always do a Leeds save Seriously. Was there like, is it Sanchez what? Me and Sanchez Yeah, Watt. you were my wingers. We both had yellow you. boots. That's yeah. what they used to talk about. And I've gone there, I think uh, the first four games, I've scored like three goals. 
not only that, but I was actually born in Leeds, which was like everybody knew that I was born in Leeds and I've come and I'm scoring. Did they play the sign in that way? Yeah, like, it, yeah, was yeah, a, it was a great, it was a it was a great time. It's like you're Leeds and you know you are every time I did something good. <laughs> Thing life was going great. After that, I remember Snodgrass was there. He came back from injury. And I remember I was like, I was up. He's a very good player. Mm. I was upset because they took me out of the team and Snodgrass came back, went on a crazy run. The team did. I was coming on doing a bit, but I kind of lost my place. We could have gone up to the Prem in that year. We had a great team. That didn't happen. Who, who was your manager? Simon Grayson at the time. Warnock came into. Went on loan. Warnock, yeah. Oh, yeah that'd be Warnock. An interesting. What was Warnock like? Quickly. So I've got loaned out after Warnock came. Okay. So you don't. He like wasn't it. really watching training. Like I was be doing crazy things in training. Was he not I, watching? I had got back into that mentality where I was like, all right, I need to get zoned in and just, you know, what I'm saying, f the world and let's do what we got to do. I'm running around doing crazy things. His assistant is telling me, the gaffer needs to be seeing what you're doing. But do you know what? Before that, I had got into a, a mode where. If I wasn't getting what I was getting, I was such a go-getter, I would go to the assistants and I would say, are you watching what I'm doing every day? Because you're not putting me in the team. I'm not sure if you're seeing what I'm doing. <laughs> and you know what the assistant said to me? He said, I haven't seen what you're doing. I said, how are you not, are you not watching? I was going mad. I was like, are you not watching training? I said, all right, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to come to you after every session and we're going to talk about how I trained. This is, this is how my mentality had got at this point. I went to see him every day. After two weeks, he said, you're right. You're actually playing well. I got back in the team for a little bit. But your attitude did that. You my made attitude. yourself stand out. Other people would have just let it brush it under mm. the carpet. Did you I'm, say that Warnock wasn't watching training? Sorry, sorry. When I did that, that wasn't Warnock's team. That was Grayson. Yeah, yeah. Warnock came later, but he wasn't watching. And I was doing well again. When you say he wasn't watching, do you mean he was on the side, not looking, no. or he was in the the, the gaffer's room? No, a lot of managers don't it, even watch this training. Is, this is what confused me, right? Yeah. When I was 16, 17, I was training at Barnet, yeah? They were bottom of League Two. Yeah. And it was, what's his name? Don't say Mark Robson, my good no, friend. No, it was <laughs> Laurie Sanchez. Oh, okay. oh, wow. Laurie Sanchez didn't watch the training. I'm not surprised. And they're, but they're bottom of league two. I'm not surprised. And I would watch the training and there'd yeah. be like five of us that are like looking at like oh, one day we want to be pros and we were just watching the session and just be like For some for some managers, manager. those older school managers, like training's a bit of a chore, like gives them headache, like having to plan a session and they put a session like, on. Like, like they they don't value it, like someone else can do that. So next thing I'm playing so well, but he's saying he wants to loan me out to Notts County, which is where his good friend Keith Coe is. So I was like, well, you know what? I'm good enough to play here, but you sound like you've got other ideas. So I was like, all right, I'll go. So I went to Notts County on loan. I was there 10 games, scored five goals, was playing so well. I kind of kept the momentum that I had from Leeds. So at the end of that year, I thought, all right, I'm going back to the championship. But at times I had become such a reckless character. I feel like at certain times I was doing too much where it was like, Grayson, I feel like, this is a theory of mine. I feel like he made it difficult for me to get another team after that. I don't know why. Remember, I just went to Notts County. Ten, ten games, five goals as a winger. I scored a hat-trick in one of them games. Like, it should have been so easy to get another championship club after that. But it was difficult. Do you think he was doing stuff behind the scenes? I don't know. But there was a time where I had lost my head and I had gone crazy on the coaching staff. 
and I knew that I was lucky that Grayson got sacked and Warnock came in because I went mad at them one time and I just said like the way they're approaching training was not the right way but I didn't say it did I you was do it to them in front of the them? whole team what I was this um, I hit it. what is this in a training session or changing room or this is outside and <laughs> this is outside with the whole team he came and said he's sick of players moping around and he said uh I don't know why he said that. We were going through like some money issues at Leeds and I've actually stood up and I've said to the gaffer, I said, you guys are the ones that's actually moping around. <laughs> we come in, you do this. I remember this is like suicide. And I remember after thinking, I'm probably never going to play in England again. Anyway, lo and behold, I have to move out of England to America because no championship teams were coming in for me. I went to Port Portsmouth on loan, not on loan, on trial for the next season. And this is when Michael Appleton was manager. And I remember I saw on Twitter, we only had like seven players. Yeah. It was, do you remember that time? Yeah. It was like a weird time. We only had like seven players. We went to Marbella to, for a training camp. And when we got back, I saw on Twitter that he wasn't signing me. And I remember thinking, how was he not signing me? Like literally, I, I thought I was the best player there. But anyway, after that, I was like, what am I gonna do now? I got a message, another message on Twitter saying, we have a team for you in New York. Not in New York, in America. We can't tell you what city. When you say you had a message on Twitter from a an agent, agent. An agent. An agent. A so legit one. At that point, did you I know didn't it was No, I didn't even take it serious. So we have a team. I was like, here we go, another agent talking. And then he said, I'm sure you would like to go there, but I can't tell you where it is. So I was like, let me hear a little bit more. Anyway, lo and behold, it's New York Red Bulls. Next you, thing, this point, was so you, random. Did you believe it at that point? Would you like? Not really. I was like, this is so random. I found out years later why that happened. So anyway, I went to New York to see what it's like. Obviously, that time we had obviously Thierry, Cahill, Rafa Marquez. You must have been buzzing. I was an Arsenal fan originally. I was like, this is ridiculous. I get to train with you, with Thierry. <laughs> so I was like, this is crazy. Anyway, so I was on like they were just having a look at me. They signed me till the end of the season. Went there done pretty well. What were your first impressions of Thierry Henry? I don't want it to ever get to him, but he was a bit... <laughs> you just notice him, man. He's always a presence. He's always a presence. On the field, in the room, anything. Always wants to win every game. What like what kind of behaviour? So you mean like when you walk in the dressing room, you just felt that he was there. You felt that there was like... And an you'd be a little bit nervous around yeah, him a little yeah. bit. At first, I was like, this is crazy. This is Thierry Like, it's actually an unreal feeling. Like, to be training with him and stuff. Like, and at first I was like, ah, oh, I thought he didn't really care about it anymore. And he cared about it more than anyone's ever cared about His it. His goal scoring record was good out there though, wasn't it? It was, but. That's it, just what I was going to ask. Was that, did, was that because you said about the presence of the Edwards, that because he set a standard or was it because he. He's just got he that just DNA. That, that, that yeah, it's yeah. like if he's doing something, he's the best or nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, for an example, if we're playing a game, like, he would sometimes introduce a game to us and we would play. And because he knows the game, he's the best. Once we start to catch up, he'd be like, I'm not playing. <laughs> and like, he'll drop out the game. So it's like, he, he, he's, if he's doing it, he's the best. Like, and like, he I don't, kinda, he don't start to come second. I kind of took that mentality off of him. Like, if I'm doing it, like, I want to be the best or there's just no point in doing it. So it's like, even when it came down to like, PlayStation or whatever. I want to be the best at the game. If I can't be the best, I just stop playing. So, but on the field, yeah, he was still 
the first five yards just as quick as he always was. His mind and everything. Some of the things he would do, it's just like, he told me that he, he wasn't always that good. He worked at his game. And I didn't even know that. I thought he was always just that good. And he was like, look, go and see me when I was at Monaco. I wasn't a good player. He worked at his game so much because he has to be the best. Has to. And it's like, that's something I took from him. And like, ended up playing with him two and a half years. Obviously, when I get there, I still kind of had the attitude that it's like, remember the attitude I've got with yeah. Jim Shoulder, where it's like, he would, sometimes me and him would butt heads a tiny bit. I had so much respect for him. And I would always say, look, Thierry, whatever you say goes. But he knew still that I was still my own man. And he yeah. couldn't turn my opinion. Was that like on-pitch scenarios, i.e. he didn't pass you the ball or little things like that? Or? If he didn't pass me the ball, I would never really complain. Like, But if he was open, I'm always passing him the ball mm. because he's going to make something happen for us. How did you clash then? What do you mean? Not, not clash, but you, you know. Did we clash? I don't... Uh, sometimes uh, he would have an opinion. Someone else would have an opinion, but they would change their opinion to his. But you wouldn't? I would never because that's my opinion. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But people would be like, all right, it's Thierry. I'm going to check. But I would never really do that. Yeah. And I think he had a little bit of respect for me that it would be like that as well. If you get what you I'm stand saying. up for yourself. Yeah, you, you, you Not really trying to have any problems, but there was, a, there was one time, yeah. I hope I don't get in trouble with this. <laughs> <laughs> there was one time that someone said, that it was like between Nani and Gareth Bell, who should get uh, player of the season or whatever. And uh, I think uh, someone said Gareth Bell. And that season... I think Nani had had much better stats. And I remember he got someone, another senior player, to change their mind. It was Tim Cahill, I just said. <laughs> and I was shocked. I was like, Tim changed his mind? Obviously, Tim's his own. But I remember he got... And I was like, I wouldn't even... I'm sticking by who I feel it is. So Tim was saying that Gareth Bell's the best, Gareth Bell's the best. And he's got him to turn and say, actually, nah, Thierry, I'm with you, it's Nani. Like, Basically. <laughs> I was looking, I'm like... I feel like it's the respect that you have. I have respect for him, but my opinion is my opinion. That's how it came down to. So, like, me and him, me and Thierry had a bit of a love-hate relationship sometimes, where it's like the love was so strong sometimes, but other times it's like he wanted to kill me. And I was like, <laughs> dude, he actually knows everything. He knows about what's going on in the lower leagues. You wouldn't even think that. He, he knows, like, seven languages. He's a smart guy. Like, I'm not saying he'll know about this, but you'd be surprised. He knows yeah. a lot more than you would ever think. So, Thierry, if you are listening, just give us a retweet or something. That, that would do us a world of good. <laughs> this guy, I remember one thing, one moment I had with Thierry. This isn't like a story from off the pitch, but this is like from playing with him. We were in a tough game. And I remember, like, we are playing against DC United in the playoffs. It was a big game. And I remember I went to Thierry and I said, Thierry, this is a tough game. We need a bit of magic from you. Lo and behold, he got it on the left <laughs> wing. <laughs> and I remember, like, I remember him having the ball and just like setting someone up, doing some skills, pushed it past him. He was about thirty-six at this time, and like he made it happen. And me, I feel like it was because of me. I feel, like, <laughs> but obviously, it worked because of me. But you got the best out of Tia. I remember, really that, I remember <laughs> that moment. I remember feeling like. That's the effing man. Like, he, he got us out of that hole. There were so many holes he got us out of where it was like, at first, I thought he didn't really care. But 
you'd be surprised, man. It was so important to him. So important. Where one time I was like, T, why are you letting this bother you? Like, people went to Miami on holiday one time. And me and him stayed back and trained. Just me and him. And I had just signed. I was like, oh, I get to train with Thierry one-on-one. And then I remember he was saying, hey, like, those guys in Miami, they should be here training. And I remember, I was like, T, like, you sound like you're really angry about this. And he said, I am. And I was like, T, why would you let this bother you? He had a great career, but that's just what made him him. It's integrity. That's what that's made what him him. You thought he was there for a jolly up, but he, 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 he can't get no rid of that. He can't get rid of it, can he? He weren't there for no jolly did up. You, did you see him going into coaching then? Because he seems like he was quite an intense kind of I wanted knew, to win as well I knew that he was going to coaching at some point I knew that he was going to coach at some point and he'll probably be Arsenal manager someday obviously I don't know what happened at Monaco obviously mm. he's back in Montreal now but that guy's a winner that guy's a winner like from my experience with him I've just picked up like that winning mentality Louis you got some questions for us yeah some quick fire questions is this for both yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be either, can be chip in wherever you want to, basically. Go on then, Osso, so we'll go with you first and then Lloyd, you can answer it as well. Best coach or manager? Or it can be for you personally or just in generally and kind of why. I actually, I actually spoke about this earlier today. Mm. The the coach I probably... Stop munching them The coach who I probably remember the most from was a coach that has has had an impact on so many players for so many years in the FA setup, and that's a, a coach called Dick Bate, who's dead now, yeah. rest in peace. But some of the one-liners that he mentioned, still remember to this day, and I use to this what day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, me, give me some of them. S- simple ones, but stay on your feet, don't get beat. Little rhyming one, little had one about how to position your feet. He used to talk about, he used to have one, he used to say, ball, winger, Berezi. I remember that in my head. So he used to talk about, for a fullback, you take your position off where the ball is, where the winger is, where's Franco Berezi. I would, so as a fullback. Why would you say where's Franco Berezi? Because that's your centre-back. Okay. Yeah. So you take your position off as a fullback. You'll take your position not just off where the winger is. You also need to take it off where your closest centre-back is and where the ball is. Yeah, yeah. So like just a couple one-liners and that I've just always remembered. And when I've gone through the coaching process, they've always said to me, like, those little nuggets of one-liner information. What's the question again? <laughs> <laughs> best, Most, best coach or manager who had an impact on you? Can I, can I just add? So I, sorry, sorry to just jump back in. In terms of, I can't pass it by by not saying Mark Robson, top, top coach. In terms of enjoying a session, like Mark if Robbo's put in, if Robbo's put in a session, he ended up at Barnet at one point with Edgar yeah. Davis, didn't he? If Robbo's put in on a session, you want to be in that session. But in terms of what stuck with me on the pitch, it was it was Dick. Hey, Mark Robson, wow, what a coach! He was a winger as well. The enthusiasm he used to train with was so infectious. Like you know what I'm saying? Like how was he so good? Still, at that point, it was just all enthusiasm and energy and just... He would run us, he would join in and run the session. So he was, he's, he's one of my favourite coaches, session. but obviously he was when I was a youth team. I would have loved to have him as a first first team player. Wow, um, so you sort of talk about his enthusiasm a little bit. How did he show that? So I mean, obviously you coach a lot, so you might be able to kind of think about 
Was it a coaching position? Was he in the middle of the session? No, no, I'm talking about when he joined in as well. <laughs> when, he play, when he played? He joined yeah. in a lot. Yeah, he He's coming in, in and giving guys step over push. He's like retired for a few years now and he was like, yeah, one he would name. dominate sessions. Yeah. That's jokes. <laughs> but he would make it fun too. And yeah. then he would get with me and he would help me. I didn't start out as a winger, but he would help me like get some moves for, for the classic one that he helped me with was like dribbling with my left foot on the right wing. Giving the not dribbling with my left foot, but giving the 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 left foot step over and push. That's what that was his move all the time. He would do it so smooth. Yeah. And then when you get to the line, dinky doos. Dinky doos. You know what dinky doos are? Is that little backstick? Yeah, you know the little yeah. play. Yeah. You know the little yeah. stab. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. it's a backspin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he loved used to one. work at that all yeah, the time. I've beat the first man every I've time. I took dinky doos <laughs> onto the rest of my career, like, and it's like I've got different kinds of delivery as a winger, and I. He just helped me so much, like, so as an academy. Mick Brown, too, what a great guy, like. He was just a great guy. He was a great guy. Just a great guy. Mick like, Brown has helped my family on, like, with my dad, with some stuff, like, with football. He was, he was our academy later. manager. But there was, there was a moment that a coach helped me a lot when we went down to League One. I wouldn't say he's my favourite coach, but this moment taught me a lot, and I'm going to take this into coaching. He went down to League One and he came to me and he said, oh, you're doing all right in League One. You're doing pretty well. But he said, you haven't got the same swagger. You're a premiership guy. But he's saying, he's saying he's not really seeing that when I'm on the field. And that hit home to me. And he just said he wants me to go on the field and put my chest out high and be a bit more like I'm a prem guy in League One yeah, and start bossing it. Like, and I remember when he said that hit home and my next five games, running around doing crazy things like my chest was actually out high I was like yeah you're right like I shouldn't be here but I was playing like I belonged not like I belonged in league one but I didn't really have that you know what I'm saying he made you believe that you were better than where you were and that allowed you to, to no, step I up I mean I, I knew I was but I just needed those words yeah. to remind me it's like and then that lifted my performance and that changed like my whole outlook on football I realized a few words from a man can make you go from there to there. So after that, I realized I can say these things to myself. Do you understand what I'm saying? Self-talk. Yeah. So you, after you that, can, you can I'm coach a whole psychologist at this point. So after that, I was just like, wow, like I didn't know that that could even happen. And that opened my eyes. Phil Parkinson was the manager. And it's like, obviously, I wouldn't say he's my favorite manager, but that moment taught me a lot about the game. So my favorite manager, who is my, actually my favorite manager? I've got to say Mark Robson and Mick Brown, man. They 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 really made an impression, like, and they really helped me, and I've gone on to have a good career. So it's like I've got to say them too. I hope this gets to them too. We'll tweet them. We'll yeah. let them know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. Tag them in. Yeah, no, you you can't understate it. Like, yeah. Mick Brown, Keith Curl. Oh God, helped me too. Remember, I was there ten games. I got five goals. <clears throat> as soon as I got there, he had me in the office. He said. I, I don't want you to think about what not to do. He just says, I want you to enjoy your football. Same thing. And I remember I've just come from Leeds and I was just like, his words was just a go ahead to go and enjoy. And I just felt free. And it's like, why can't every manager make me feel free? It's weird, right? It should be like that. But so Jesse Marsh, also a good one. That was Red Bulls. Doing a very good job at the moment as well. Yeah, yeah. he's at Salzburg. 
he taught me so much about leadership. I had I didn't know anything about leadership at the time. And like he taught me he would make guys take turns doing the team talk before the game. The first team double. Yeah. And I didn't even know anything about that at the time. Like and he just he 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 made leaders. Mm. And it's like now I'm at Miami FC and I've become a real leader in that thing. Like I will take team talks, I will get the team up for it before the game as a guy that's been in the game and so I'd say those three those three guys. Cool. So the next one and I'll go back to start with because I've definitely had this conversation with us at some point. Best player you've played with or against and why? No, I'm gonna what say about? with. I was just gonna say we've had this conversation <laughs> a bit, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, a bit. So let's let's exclude him. Yeah, because obviously the big he's man. just too obvious. Um best player I've played with. Wow, 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 that's a hard one. Or against. Or against. Or you've or come against. up against it might might have been a, a fullback you've come up against or yeah. Liverpool away at Anfield. I didn't really respect Steven Gerrard's uh, pace. But the drive in him, he pushed the ball past me one time. And I couldn't believe how far away he was. Like, I was like, oh, like, he's not like the speediest guy like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But the drive, he pushed it. And I was just like, Burst. it was just that one moment. And I was like, that's why. Because like, the determination in him. It was everything, right? It was everything. And I remember thinking, that whole game, he had a great game. I remember thinking. There's, there's people who say that they've played in like charity games against him and he's still on it at like 100%. Like, ridiculous. No, no, he, what, he, was, what was playing at Anfield like anyway as well? Playing at Anfield, that, I think that was the best game I've ever played at Anfield. It's funny, Mascarano was playing that game too. But they, to be fair to them, they had the Champions League final coming up. This is Pardew's last game. No, Pardew, if Pardew was manager and it was Charter's last game before we went down. Still in the Premier League, yeah. And I remember he played me, you know. I was like a man possessed in that game. I was probably thinking, all right, we're going down. This might be my last chance. And there was like no pressure. And it was an amazing experience, man. It was, John Arnariza was playing left back. I remember I, I ran at him pushed it down the line, went to cross and I faked and he slid off the field. <laughs> and I remember thinking, this isn't as hard as it's meant to be. I was like, this is, listen, I need to get you lot highlights of this game. Mascarano was running oh, after yeah, me, he couldn't right. catch me. I remember like, Alex Song came to me after the game and was like, he was on loan from, from Arsenal, Arsenal. I think, and he was like, why have you not played all season? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Waited all this time to do this now. Waited all this time, and I was just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I knew why exactly why he would ask me that. Did you start that game? Started that game. So you, you know, obviously, they sing "You Never Walk Alone" as you come out. Yeah. How does that feel as an opposition player walking out at Anfield, hearing the entire? You'd be disappointed with my reply because right now, I, I can't. It's so long ago. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, I yeah. can't even. It's something I should remember for life, right? But. I probably thought that I was gonna have so many more moments like that. You took but it. You took it like for granted at the time, maybe. Probably. Yeah. Like even though I appreciated, it was such a big deal. But I don't really. I don't even remember like lining up, walking out the changing rooms. I don't remember anything right now. Actually, I remember Wenger saying before the semi-final last year with Barcelona and Liverpool, and he said, "I think they were three 0 down, weren't they?" And he said, "This would never be possible." But at Anfield, anything's possible. He's like, it yeah. doesn't matter who you are. You go to Anfield yeah, yeah, yeah. on a second leg, anything could happen. 
Yeah, so yeah, I'd say I'd say Gerard. There's another player that you lot wouldn't know that I, in America, this guy, he makes everybody around him better. You wouldn't even know. His, his name is Dax McCarty. He played for the American national team, centre midfielder, played with him at Red Bulls. He's one of them guys that, like, his football IQ is so high. It's like he always manages to get turned. And that's one of the hardest things. Me as a winger, sometimes when I'm in the middle, it's hard to know who's around yeah, of you. Course. It's like awkward, you know what I'm saying? You never know. And I'm like, oh, let me get back out to the line yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But he, in the middle, he always knew where he was. Always would turn. Like receive, a skulls type player. Receive the ball on that second foot and go mm -hmm. forward. And like, he, he was a very good player as well. So that's my answer. And yourself, what's there? Best player played with, I always go back to Scott Parker. Just before he got his move to Chelsea. I don't know how much you remember him. Oh, SP. I remember, yeah. He was a man on a mission. Lloyd's mentioned Anything. Steven Gerrard. He was like our Gerrard. He was a joke. He could get the ball, dribble for everyone and score. If someone thought they were going to dribble through the team and score, he would tackle them so hard. Like you've never seen anyone tackle like this before. Mm. He was aggressive. He was strong. He was quick. He could dribble. He could score. And he was just Steven Gerrard kind of quick. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. He was re he was relentless. So, a lot of like younger, younger football fans. When I say that, they're like, "What Parker? What like Tottenham, West Ham? Yeah, him. Yeah, him. He had a serious season him. at West Ham, though. Serious, yeah. serious. He's a funny one because um, he kind of got put into this kind of defensive midfield box in the end, almost, didn't he? When yeah. and the way you're describing him, it was. Compared well, as to Gerrard, a lot of people don't. As a as a as a youngster, he was like. He was an attacking midfielder. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was an attacking oh. midfielder. He went on, the, the story goes, he went on loan to Norwich in, in what was the championship and just came back as a hard man midfielder. Hmm. So that sort of grew him up. But yeah, he was he was a monster. He was a monster. There was a couple other players that I, I really enjoyed playing with, obviously, like Lloyd, Jerome, um, Andy Reid, good football player, Jay Boffroyd. Good, Jay football, good yeah. football player. If he's on your team in the five oh, you're winning the five. He, <laughs> he was like, he was like Adriano in training. But was he yeah, a good yeah. trainer then? Because the kind of vibe, I'm a Wolves fan, yeah. and he played for Wolves, and he would score a belter from 25 yards, but he wouldn't do anything for the other 90, no, 89 Jay, minutes. Listen, he get a lot of criticism. Jay, but it's mm. like when it comes down to actually football. There's things he can do so effortlessly yeah. that people can't do. His his Got skill set. Yeah, the players yeah. don't have that skill. He's Adriano, but listen, he he could be a bit temperamental. But I'm not talking about. We were close with him, so yeah. we we didn't we didn't have to deal necessarily. He's still playing, with him. and he's still playing. So he obviously loves the game. He's a good pro, mm. and no nah, man, Jay is Jay's up there. In terms of players against, I always I always say as a, as a direct opponent, Ryan Giggs. Yeah. Because, did you play against him one v one at Old Trafford? Yeah, so on that I've played. I've been on the same pitch as Thierry Henry. I've been on the same pitch against Cristiano Ronaldo, but on those days they yeah. didn't come over and we like doing it. I'm talking yeah. about one v one. It's you against Giggsy, and I'd watch match of the day like everyone else, watching him twist and turn a fullback inside out. But Lloyd's told you I was a good one v one defender. I'm like, Giggs ain't doing that to me. Like, I'm quicker than Giggs. I'm I'm one I'm one I'm the one v one guy. Like I like one v ones. Like come on, run at me, run at me. Twisted me inside out. He did um, one. He did one piece of movement on me 
that no winger has ever done to me before. He sort of, he was standing on my sort of right right shoulder and he sort of walked me towards the ball. I remember Mikel Sylvester was on the ball, this is at Old Trafford. So he's walked me towards the ball and I'm thinking, yeah, I've got him, I can see him. He's there, the player's on the ball, I've got the situation under control. And like that, he was gone. He behind. was He was running in behind and he had the whole of that half of the pitch to play in if Sylvester played the ball. Luckily, he didn't. Play, <laughs> luckily, he didn't play the ball. But, but in my head, that just you reminded that, that I was like, yeah, that's why, that's why. And in those, you know, playing against your Man Uniteds and your Arsenal's, when you see players make mistakes against top level opposition, and people say, how's he made that mistake, or why has he done that? It's because as a defender, you're panicking. I've got a player here on my right shoulder. I've got Paul Scholes on the ball. I've got. Louis Saha making a run there and there's all this space in behind me. I've got to process all of that information and make the right decision at exactly the right time because he can hit any ball on the pitch. He's going to make the run at the right time. He's making a run. And if I don't get it right, <clears throat> they're in. It's the lesser of two evils as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you let Giggs go inside and don't follow yeah. him, that's fine because the skulls is going to pass it but, to his feet but these are the things, under control. These are the things that players have to process. And that's why they make mistakes, because you're being forced to make too many decisions at the same time. And it scrambles your mind. And that's why the best players are are what they are. Go lastly then. Um, and I've got a player in mind that I wanted to ask about anyway, and I'll see if you do mention him. Um, but kind of the funniest or craziest kind of teammate that you had that you played with. You've got a player in mind. As soon as you said that, I've, I've already got a mentioned him. Yeah, but I've, his name hasn't come up once. I've mentioned him, I mentioned him before we started, but... It's the sly ones, isn't it? It's the sly ones that you're... Craziest teammate. Yeah, or funniest or something that just kind of, you know, you've got a story to tell about almost that you can think off the top of your head. The first person that comes to mind is Ben Thatcher. I knew you were going to say that. The first person that comes to mind is Ben That's who I was going to ask you about. (laughs) Who did you have in mind? I was going to ask you about Decanio. Okay. Because you must have had a year with him or something. Decanio, this guy, genius, man. (laughs) I said to my brother one, I said to a couple of people one time, there was a... A training session we had where it's like it was like a seven aside or something and i remember the ball went up to the canio and this is such a small detail you lot might not even know why i'm telling you this story but it's i've remembered it the rest of my life i remember i like for a second started to make a run like literally for a second and i stopped and the canio got the ball and i remember he was up at the, like five seconds later after i started and i stopped he backhilled the ball. He hadn't even seen, but he knew that I had, for a split second, made a movement, and he backhilled the ball where I would have been in on goal. If he kept running. And I remember I was so disappointed in myself <laughs> for not going. I was like, the cat, he shouldn't, he had no right to even know that I was even going to make that run. And I remember after he put his hands up and looked at me, and I was like, Paolo, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, I couldn't believe he even knew I was going to be there. And I was like, this guy is a genius. Like, he should not. He had his back to me. I believe. I thought. I thought he had no idea I was even meant to make the run. But I was like, him even knowing I was about to be there, showed me how far ahead he is from like other players. Like he's a genius. That's what Ray Parler said about Burkamp. Oh, he seriously? said the exact same thing. He said something along the lines of, "There'd be a ball rolling towards the corner flag." Yeah. Dennis would be running after it. There'd be no one near him. There'd be like two defenders closing yeah. both angles. There'd be no way out. 
and looking the opposite direction, he just popped the ball right in the path of the player who was moving forward. He said there'd be no way of him knowing how it was there, mm. but he would find a way. It's just that, <laughs> that peripheral vision where you see a slight Man. movement. I know the exact coordinate so, he's landed at on the pitch. You can't teach that. Yeah. And it wasn't even like in I, a ran. I like had a little step and then I just stopped. And I was just like, oh, he wouldn't. He backheeled the ball. I was like, oh, he's now I felt like I've let him down so much. I was the young guy in the team. And I was just like, this guy is so far ahead of anyone, like in this session. So yeah, I mean, he was crazy. He tried to fight someone one time. Yeah, he's very, he's very eccentric character. Yeah. Like he'd he'd come in and run around, ben, naked, run around. <laughs> ben Thatcher. I was gonna ask you about oh, Thatcher yeah. also because I've heard a story about him two foot in a plant pot. Yeah, I've heard. So <laughs> I've heard two, that two, one. You two yeah. foot anything? I want to hear. Go on, so no, give me some first, of this. Obviously, on, yeah. sometimes like it was almost like. Ben Thatcher was like our dad and would say, tell us a story. Tell us a story. <laughs> he knew he had crazy stories. But I remember one time, a personal one with me, where he humbled me a lot. And I remember I was talkative in the training room. No, in the treatment room. And I remember, <laughs> it's like he was serious, but I know he wasn't like completely serious when he was trying to shut me down. But he was, and he was like, he said to me, Lloyd, I, I had been like bubbly in the room. And he said, You've said a lot of words for someone that hasn't played a hundred games in the league. And I remember I was quiet like the rest of the season. After. Yeah. And I was like, if Fatch is around, I need to know when Fatch is around. Because then I need to like tone it all the way down. Mm. He's like one but he was like a guy that he could scare you, but then the next minute he'll be laughing. Like next minute he's you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Unpredictable. Hurting someone. Next minute. But, but he's a good guy. He, he had so many stories. Stories I couldn't really repeat, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> on air. But, but he was a good guy. He he was good to us. Paolo, to us, Paolo was to good us. to us. Not only is Pat good, Pat still sends me messages now on Instagram when, like, I might be out having a good time wearing something crazy, and then he'll just write, you're such a bell. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, Pat, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm not a young man anymore. And then now he'll just put the bell emoji. Ah, it's yeah. developed into that. I'm like, uh, he'll write it, like, on, on one of my main posts. And I'm like, Fetch, come on, man. I'm not a youngin' no more. Like, we'll laugh about it, but he's like, great guy. Like, I say great guy with me. Like, I don't, he's been great with me. So yeah, I'll say, I'll say Fetch. Yeah, in that, in that Charlton era, probably those two. But you had loads of, you had loads of characters. Like, I always say like, me and Lloyd, we kind of, we kind of came in on the back end of the old school yeah. like drinking culture like we used to go out like a lot and you had you had certain characters older players that would always be out and that basically brings out a character in you if you're out three times a week and you're a party boy mm. you're a character by default mm. because that you're in that environment so now we just we just generally had a lot of fun it was a fun it was a fun place to be like you'd want to you'd want to be there in the morning Someone's got a story from the weekend. Like, there was always something going on. We were out every couple of days. There's a lot of lot of just good characters. Paolo was very eccentric. Um, Thatch had his way, but they were all good with us. Thatch, not all the time would he be like crazy. Yeah, he'll come in, he'll play himself and do what he's doing. He's a good pro. But uh, you have enough time in the day in the training ground yeah, for something to pop up. I you? think <laughs> when like he's with his boys doing his things, that's when it was like. He would probably have like some crazy moments. There's probably some others. Like there's definitely others. I've played too long. Like where there's been a lot of crazy people, and it's like 
but he's he comes to mind. No one else comes to mind right now. So yeah, obviously you spoke um, a lot about how you kind of saw what the older pros were doing, and you kind of wanted a bit of that life when when you were coming through as a young pro. So can you maybe give us an idea of what what life was like off the pitch going out? Yeah, I mean, you know, for us, we're just we're just normal boys from South London. <laughs> doing normal things and now we're in this environment where you're a young Premier League footballer even though you're not because you're not playing week in week out but to everyone else you're a young Premier League just footballer just played against Man United just played against Man United at 18 <laughs> when he played against Man United at 18 we were all like, oh, like we, we were still like I hadn't got near to the first team mm. at that point I, I don't think but we'd already sort of started you know enjoying the life we were going to like under 18s raves so we were already sort of you know involved in the night scene and then by the time we got to you know being in the building every day and hearing about where the players were going out and west end and hearing about the girls and champagne and vodka mm -hmm. and sort of, sort of that stuff as any young boy would in that environment we want in mm -hmm. so we used to say to some of the older players like, are there any parties coming up like is there anything <laughs> going on? and they tried to fob us off they were, they were so really the, the line lloyd knows what i'm gonna say the line was nah you lot wouldn't like it like, you wouldn't like it. And we're like, no, like we 100% will, will like it. We we really want to come. How how can we get involved? We have to kick down the door ourselves. So yeah, we did. I think we mentioned earlier, we'd have a friend that would literally just call up clubs and say, yeah, my clients are coming down. And then we'd when go. When we did that, that was before we got tables though. I'm thinking like Attica days. Yeah, we didn't get tables then. Okay, this was after. Because yeah. that's when the, when the money started, no started coming call in. When we had money, yeah, we just yeah, get yeah. tables. But when we were there, we, we had to try and wiggle our way in. Yeah. And then remember, we met a couple guys on the scene Then we used to go out. And yeah. then it turned into Saturday, Tuesday. Every Saturday, Tuesday. Yeah. So if you, if you speak the time to, of our life. If you speak to any people around our age, like the, there's so many eras, so many legendary nights. Obviously, the obvious ones that spring to, spring to mind. Buddha. Funky Buddha on a Tuesday. China White on a Wednesday. Embassy on a Saturday, Cafe de Paris on a Saturday, just so many different, so many, so many different but spots. But it's like you would go there and we're like, we're the young lads from Charlton, but then obviously like the younger ones from Tottenham. They were young, but then the older ones, they're like on another level. You know what I'm saying? They got a bigger table, more balls. Getting better girls. <laughs> and we're like looking at that, you're always aspiring to get. But it was fun. It was it fun. We're no longer like, looking at them in the first team. That's looking next. at what they're doing that's on next. the night. That's, that's next. Like, that's, that's coming. And it's like, we kind of not. It was almost like we had a free pass. We're there. We're already in the environment. All this stuff's gonna sort of come. So obviously we made loads of mistakes and, and drank too much and fell <laughs> fell over a few times. Have and you got any like got into a couple of fights? Yeah. Have you got any night out stories that, that can be shared? I'll sh I'll share one. Yeah, I don't one. even know what you. Mean. I'll share one. I don't. I, I'm not gonna name. I'm not gonna. I'll name one name. I'm not gonna what name. What stories is? Do you remember? Do you remember when? Um, remember Charlie Uche? Oh yeah. She was on. She was on Big Brother, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I just remember we'd mm. we'd been out and then we've gone we've gone back to someone's house, and then literally I was so confused at the time. I've turned around. There's paparazzi behind us in the house. No, 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 no. Like just well, literally well, I just following. There, I, I think, think you, I think I think, I think he was there. And then next thing, police were getting called, and there was. Do you remember this? No. I'm not going to name any more names then. But police were, were being caught, and actually there was there was potentially quite a serious allegation. You know, there was a there was a lot of instances where, especially with alcohol involved, that there's certain things that can happen that 
that shouldn't be happening. And as a young player now, you just can't even go out and drink alcohol. Well, social media will kill you. Yeah, it? you just you can't do it. And you're and you're getting and you're getting and you're getting your your wee tested every morning, so you physically can't do it. Mm. Obviously, there's some old some senior players who do their misdemeanors in the club, bury it and cover it up. That happens in the game, but you know, for us, there was a lot of the, things. The night out thing, obviously, my my one got took to the next level because I ended up living in New York for five years, and then I've been in Miami the last year, and I'm going back again. So it's like, you don't need to follow me on Instagram <laughs> and, and see what's going. But I, the lifestyle, obviously, Osei came out. You're coming out again this mm. year. That's just that got took to an, not another level because I liked the English community, like. It was more like all the young boys from all the teams and all the like girls that were kind of on the scene. It was a community. Everybody, I guess in America, it's all spread out, isn't it? Yeah. So in England, it was more community there. When, when I got to New York, it was fun in a different way where it's like New York, Americans know how to do things big. And obviously, if you're playing for like the New York team, they look up you. When you're on front line in New York, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And then now I've gone to Miami. It's just like, damn, like whoever lives in Miami, it's a holiday destination. So it's like everyone's coming in having fun and I'm just still there having fun. The next group comes in and I'm just there the whole time. It's a permanent fixture. It's like, a dream, permanent it's like a dream world, to be fair. And like I'm applying myself on the football side, the way we won the league. You know what I'm saying? So 2019 has been a special year for me because... 2018, I thought I was retiring. I was out of a club for six months. I was ready to start going into something else. And I got this call about Miami. And then it's like another life. You know what I'm saying? It's a great call. It's another life. And um, I'm going to show you guys some some pictures of Miami after so you can see what I'm talking but just, about. But just, I think, when you said about the community, when I look back on that period of of that West End era, like you can Asking literally speak to so many out. people from the smile on their face and like the happiness it will bring. So if you can imagine, let's just pick a random number of like 50 people that you could kind of guarantee they're gonna be out in the same place like three times a week. This is what was happening. You just have the same people and that might sound boring, but you end up being friends. I would friends. say it's 50. Like, it's a, I would say I'd give a bigger number. Yeah, I said yeah. Random, yeah, random, yeah. random number, but you've got the same people at the same venues. Man, having, I've had that at uni for three years. There you go. <laughs> having, this, having the same amount of fun, spending, obviously spending too much money, spending spending thousands of pounds. Like You feel like the man, you're giving girls money. Girl, can you just count the money for the waitress? See, that's like, why I didn't it, have at uni. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like all that sort of stuff just all all made it just sort of more magical. And the best thing about it for me, as much as social media is great, there was no social media then. So people genuinely was going out to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Now, not a lot of people, but people, they're out and they got their phone out the whole time waving it around. There was no phone to wave around. You're there to enjoy yourself. That's the only reason why you're there. And if you weren't there, you didn't see it. You missed out. You can sit at home and watch oh, someone's. Yeah, yeah. You can sit at home, home and watch someone's night out. You couldn't do that then. It's like if you would, if you missed a night out back then, it was like the end of the world. It was like <laughs> I have to be there. I have to be we there. We didn't miss many. And we didn't miss we many. We didn't miss many. And we didn't miss many. So I'd, yeah, that, those I always look back on those times with great fondness. Yeah.